This is the Crucial Talks podcast with your host, Mike Saddam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crucial Talks podcast. I'm your host, Mike Saddam. And if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that one of the things we focus on is people as social storytellers. That is what has made us powerful all through the years and why we've been able to accomplish so much is not the fact that we are able to do so much more than other animals or that we are able to, to that we're stronger than other animals, but it's really because we can construct reality with each other through story. And that has made us really powerful and has given us the ability to get to where we are today. So back in episode 62, we talked to Brian Cunningham. Now, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, I really recommend you listen to it. Now, he wrote a book called The Leadership Revolution Because Evolution Takes Too Long. And we talked a lot about how leadership has transitioned and tools you can use and the theories behind it and Brian's journey to understand all of that, not only through academics, but from his journey from a parking lot attendant to a CEO. Now, after Brian and I kind of closed out that episode, we started talking more about leadership because it was such a great conversation. We decided, hey, why can't we just make this its own episode? And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to revisit with Brian Cunningham and really talk about and re-engage in this conversation we had about the hero's journey and about story and about how that plays into leadership and leadership tactics and skills and communication. So I would love to welcome back Brian Cunningham to the Crucial Talks podcast. How are you doing today, Brian? Great, Mike. Good morning. Great to be with you again. Well, it's great that we get to talk again because that conversation we started to have after last week's episode really came down to this notion of the hero's journey and story and the power of myth. And you started going down a path that was really kind of exciting and engaging and applicable to what's going on in the world today in workplaces and communities all across the world, really. So as we get started here, I'd love for you to, again, start talking about this notion of the hero's journey, what it is, where you started hearing about it, and how you've actually applied it in your workplace and in your, really, in your leadership skill. I appreciate that, Mike. You know, we talked uh, last week about sort of the path for learning and growth. And for me, there was, you know, a couple tracks. And one of them was my informal studies of different cultures and different perspectives and personal growth approaches and indigenous cosmology and all that kind of stuff. And one of the authors I came across back in those days was this gentleman, Joseph Campbell. And uh, Joseph Campbell was an educator, a university level educator and speaker throughout the world. Um, uh, You'd see him on TV many times in the past uh, talking about uh, his, his research. And his research was basically around the different myths, the stories of various cultures. And he wrote many books. The Power of Myth is one of his famous books. Uh, And what he discovered was this sort of common thread that weaved through all of these old stories that brought so much meaning to people's lives in various cultures. And that common thread was something he termed the hero's journey. And, you know, he, he saw this in, you know, King Arthur stories and all of these adventure stories and 
And you can also see them in different movies, Star Wars or Indiana Jones. You see this sort of hero's journey. And uh, Joseph Campbell broke it down into three main parts, and then he subdivides that. But basically, there are three parts to the hero's journey. Uh, phase one is called the separation. And the separation is sort of the call to action where, where a person, you or me or, or whoever, comes to the awareness that something is not right in their lives, that there's more to it, that, that, that they're here for a larger purpose, but they can't figure it out. They don't know what it really is. And maybe a series of events or, or people come into their lives and wake them up to a, to a larger possibility. And you know that's sort of the call to action for anybody uh, on the planet, really. And that call to action can lead to one of two things. You can either refuse the call and go back to your status quo life or respond to the call. And if you do that, you can move into the next phase of the hero's journey, uh, phase two, which is the initiation, where you cross that threshold into exploring new possibilities of life. This is where the trials and the tribulation and the learning and growth occur. You know, in some, at any point in the journey, we can always go back to the safety of the status quo. You know, that's why it's called a hero's journey, because it takes courage to stay the course on this, on this you know, quest. And as you go through those learnings and those trials and tribulations, we can get to the third phase, which is called the return. And this is about this next level of learning and growth and experience is about integrating all of our experiences along the way and sharing that level of mastery with others. We, we at that point are able to serve as a bridge with one foot in the world of the ordinary and another foot in the world of the extraordinary and serve as a bridge for people traveling in both directions. Uh, the, the return sort of closes the circle. And, and places us at every point along the journey. The hero's journey is not an ego-based journey. It's a journey of self-discovery. Uh, we, be, we become more ourselves and therefore more like others. So the hero, hero's journey doesn't make people better than others. It makes them more, uh, more about who we really are and positions us to be able to articulate and support others on the journey. So this hero's journey is one of the themes, became one of the themes of my life at that point. And as I got into leadership, it is clearly uh, one of the themes of leadership. And explicitly, the book is broken up into three parts, the separation, the initiation, and the return, sort of mirroring uh, Joseph's uh, experience with the hero's journey. Leadership is a tool for transformation and personal growth. Leadership is a hero's journey just like followership is, or just like being a, a mother, father, sister, brother, if we understand and engage with that perspective. So that's how the hero's journey sort of became a part of, of, of this journey. And this, the hero's journey, I think, is pretty cool because you hear it all the time, right? Like entrepreneurialism and, and being an entrepreneur is such a buzzword nowadays that everybody kind of wants a piece of that. But really what when I hear others talk, people like Gary Vaynerchuk and stuff like that, all about entrepreneurs, and what I love about some of the stuff he says and some of the stuff you're saying is this notion of self-awareness and that this first phase of the hero's journey is kind of like that where you feel something isn't right. And that's what I hear a lot about people that want to 
go in and make their own uh, way in life or create their own business. Like they're working for something or they're working somewhere and they just don't feel fulfilled. They feel like something's missing. They feel like there's got to be more out there. And so, especially when people talk about millennials and, you know, I, I hate the fact that, that a whole generation gets labeled as millennials and labeled as a problem when in reality, it seems almost like this hero's journey where they're just not getting the fulfillment and being able to see that, that call to action in their current workplace. And so really what I want to do was talk about our current workplaces, the current situations leaders all across this country and all across the world are dealing with is the fact that how do we engage employees in a way that can help bring us along and bring the entire organization better. And it really sounds like the hero's journey can be used as a way for us to understand that leadership journey to help others get those feelings, those emotions that they may be leaving the workplace to go find somewhere else. When in reality, as a leader, we may be able to do it right there in the workplace. We may be able to bring people along this hero's journey is there is that possible? Have you seen it in your workplace? Do you have any any examples of how you have used this to get people to come along on this journey to help them on this journey as you took it yourself? Yeah, most certainly, Mike. And you know, a, a, a consultant that I worked with years ago, um, his name was David Dibble. He was a systems expert and also a, a, a master apprentice under Don Miguel Ruiz who wrote The Four Agreements. And this David Dibble, I learned so much from him. And one of the things he told me was that the workplace in and of itself is a tool for transformation. And when I heard him say that, that opened up a whole world for me to start to apply these things like the hero's journey. The workplace is an adventure when you can just see it that way. You know, many people are stuck in this version of the workplace that, well, work sucks and, you know, you just got to do it. And, you know, you have this perspective. But once you see the workplace or life, for that matter, for what it really is, this adventure, it opens up all these possibilities. So first, it was it was me stepping into that, right? It has to start somewhere. I'm no better than anybody else. I'm no smarter than anybody else. But I started to take life on as an adventure. And things started to change from that perspective. That positioned me to be able to share that with others. So once again, I don't have to teach about Joseph Campbell in the workplace to apply the principles of the hero's journey by creating a story that is different from the story that is that people are programmed to hear in the workplace or the story that they're telling themselves. I simply share a larger story, a larger possibility over and over and over no matter what people come to me with, I'm looking to enlarge that story into the next better version of themselves. So whether they are, you know, Joseph Campbell aficionados or not, we apply the same principles. I apply the same principles. So whether it's an individual or group, you can most certainly do this and, and look right into somebody's heart, right into somebody's eyes and tell them how, how impressed you are with them how inspired, inspiring they are, how much you appreciate them, right? In the moment, you can give them a sense of their greater value and purpose in the workplace, in life. And this is coming from a real place. 
You know, it's not coming from management theory 101, tell people how good they are and then they'll do more for you. It's not that. It is the genuine connection between human beings that at least temporarily calls them into the next best version of themselves. So whether we're doing a small project, whether we're dealing with uh, an interpersonal issue, this leader doesn't like that leader, that leader, you know, talked bad about them or wrinkled their eyebrow at them and now they're mad. Immediately, we can acknowledge the reality of that challenge and immediately start to expand the story into a hero's journey. Well, you know, I know that must hurt. That bothers me too. But you know, we're here to serve each other, right? You can start to create this story. And you told me recently that your purpose is to help and serve others. Why don't we look at it from that perspective? Why don't we create a different possibility here? And so by just being grounded in this hero's journey yourself and whatever additional leadership principles that, that you, know, you understand and live by, you can get really back to the basics, something that you talk about a lot, Mike, what drives people? And to me, it's these deeper archetypes, you know, these deeper stories. Some leaders say, well, you know, engage them, find something they like to do. Well, that's one level of engagement. Everybody gets to do what they like. But there are these deeper levels, and they're connected to these deeper stories that you talk about, these deeper drivers. And there are these archetypes of, you know, the hero's journey where most people want to be part of something bigger than themselves. They want to be of greater service. They want to do something courageous. They want to be on a quest of something larger. They may not use those words, but it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's quite easy to sort of pull people into a workplace version of this on a daily moment to moment basis. If as a leader, you are committed to this journey yourself. Well, in this journey we're talking about, it's so interesting because prior to talking to you the week before that, I talked to Jill Christensen, and she is an employee engagement expert, and she's actually talked about the fact that in our workplaces today, we really, in the U.S., only have like either 13 or 30 percent engagement. Like the rest of it, people just aren't engaged in work. And it seems like it goes right in line with what we're talking about right now, which is a way to have a call to action that actually engages people emotionally because, you know, people, if they're just showing up to work and they're just punching the clock to get the paycheck, they're only working at the, you know, the bottom levels of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? They're just doing enough to get the paycheck, to continue being able to pay their mortgage, but to get to those higher levels, to self-actualization, to all of these feelings of esteem that people actually crave as social beings, we need to create this story, this hero's journey, this way of engaging people so that they can continue with, with some purposeful action. So they don't feel like they're just running on a treadmill, that they actually feel like they're becoming part of something bigger. I, I would agree, Mike, and I'd agree with your previous guest you know, those, those statistics you see often, and I would expand those out. You know, people take a lot of heat in the workplace about, oh, nobody's engaged. I wonder about how much people are engaged in sort of the larger role of life. And I bet the statistics would be similar. Life is hard. The workplace is hard. Things are challenging. 
So 30% engagement, I bet, exists across the board. Um, but regardless of that, when we are grounded in a larger perspective of life, uh, of which the workplace is part of, there is no separation between our work life and our home life. It's just life. We can pull people into it, into this larger viewpoint. And again, some people chuckle at it, but watch them step in, you know, and then they go back to wherever they were, their default mechanisms and all that. Next time you, you uh, involve with them, you pull them back in again. And what you find over time is there are others in, in your group, in your circle that want to step into that. And then you go a little bit deeper. Hey, have you ever looked at Joseph Campbell or have you ever seen this model of, of leadership development? Um, what about these levels? How about up leveling? How about these energetic impediments that hold people back? You know, you can go into these deeper elements and a smaller group of people will jump into that. And now you can create some uh, scope uh, with, that, with that approach. Now others are stepping into their hero's journey. Even if you don't use that terminology, stepping into the larger version of themselves or their purpose, and then spreading that out. And you start to get some sprawl with that effort. But it is just a, a function of being clear about it with yourself first. And I am clear about it. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not embarrassed about it. It's not an ego trip. This is the reality for me. We are here to do great things in service to each other. And the workplace, as mundane as it can appear at times, is actually a wonderful place where all of the dramas of life play out on a daily basis. And if we can take that on in that way and serve each other in that way 40 plus hours a week, that then starts to carry over into, quote, our home life, Mike. So if, our, if, pra if we're practicing the better version of ourselves 40 plus hours a week, what does that do to our home life? and our you know, other aspects, other roles that we're involved in. So the workplace in, is, in and of itself, a tool for transformation. It is the hero's journey, and leadership uh, functions right in alignment with that. And once we see that, this whole journey becomes this really uh, adventure of awe and wonder and exploration and, and constant learning and growth, and you get to involve others, not through the typical methods of educating and testing and just by creating an experience for them. And you do that through the story, through your being and doing, talking the story, talking the talk and walking the walk, not perfectly, but engaging people in that. And, and things start to shift really immediately. Now they don't stay that way, right? People fall back into their default stuff, but over time, um, people get it. And, and some people who are primed for this, who are ready to jump into the initiation, you know, phase two of the hero's journey, they'll just jump right in. They say, what would you just say? What are you talking about? Hey, tell me more about that. And you start to create a more in-depth leadership conversation or leadership story. So some people are ready for this. Many in the workplace are begging for this, Mike, you know, the people that you talk to and work with. And others who are not yet ready can still benefit from somebody else being grounded in this experience, in this perspective. Well, and again, I love what you said earlier because you were talking about the roles that people play. And we talked about the hero's journey as 
what it is and the steps to it. And it really, you know, comes back to this act one, act two, act three, kind of almost like a circular uh, movement. But when we talk about roles, it's really interesting because this idea of self-transformation is something is one of the pillars of the Crucial Talks podcast because we talk about the self-categorization theory, which is we assign ourselves a role. And by assigning ourselves a new role, we then begin to understand what the behaviors of that role are. And as we begin to practice those new behaviors, if they become normalized, I mean, that's really the steps to self-transformation because self-categorization is how people as a social being basically transcend from one role to another. I mean, look at how we, we may, or you may have, have went from the role of a parking lot attendant to the role of helping people with rehabilitation. I mean, you had to see that new role, understand the behaviors, and adopt those behaviors. And it seems like that through this idea of the hero's journey and storytelling and understanding people as social storytellers, we can actually help them move from one place to another through the idea that we are playing new roles and those roles come with new behaviors. And not only that, Mike, we can get to the deeper drivers of these roles. You know, you can study roles, role theory and role delineation and attempt to copy the steps and the new characteristics or behaviors of the next role that you're involved in. But these archetypes, you know, these, these ancient stories pull us into a deeper understanding of what we're really doing here. And once we understand that, once we're grounded there, and we apply that through whatever role we find ourselves in, that's what energizes that role and creates an extraordinary experience for others. You can understand the characteristics of a role and do the mechanics of a role. That's one scenario. But to be grounded in the deeper purpose of who we are and why we're here, and then apply it through those role characteristics, that's a completely different experience for others and a completely different set of outcomes and results. So that's where I see, you know, a lot of the things you talk about, understanding the deeper drivers and that these, these uh, archetypal stories that really then can be, become a very practical driver of extraordinary leadership or followership or, or, or our experience in serving others. Well, and really, I think that's what's cool about what we're talking about, because what we truly are talking about is is a way to understand the workplace, a way to understand our relationships, our families, our communities in a way that really isn't difficult to understand because we all live it. I mean, it's happening to us whether we control it or not. And so it seems like we are now as people as the way we've always been built cognitively, biologically, that this this notion of story and role-playing and character development, for lack of a better term, really plays in all of our lives. And by by understanding it, it really is, even though it's kind of sometimes difficult to operationalize, it's kind of simple to understand because we see it all the time. It's why we love movies and good books and television shows and music and things like that. And it can bring us to the next level. And really it doesn't take, I'm not trying to sell anybody a new app or you don't need a new computer program. You don't need to buy some package uh, slick looking program off the shelf somewhere. It really is 
what's ingrained in all of us, you just need to access it and you can access it for, for free and just start practicing it. That's it. You know, there's, it's, there's no, you know, correct or, or method set in stone. You be it, you understand it, you embrace it, engage with it, and then you just do it, any version of it. And you will start to then learn from that and you can course correct from that. But it can shift your being immediately when you really sort of understand and embrace it, not mentally, academically, with your mind, with your heart, with your body. You know, when you can, when you can see this as who we really are and why we're here, feel that connection to these ancient stories, uh, then you just express it in every thought and word and action to the best of your ability, and then look out. Watch, watch what starts to happen. Watch the difference in the interactions you have at that point. Watch the difference in the results you achieve. Now, this is not perfect, right? It doesn't magically make you know, people a million dollars. It's not, it's not anything about that. It's about serving in a way that is in alignment with our deeper purpose and applying that to whatever we're involved in and extending that to others to help them experience it, not understand it, create an experience for them of performing something, some larger version of themselves. Where our, our primary purpose is to create experiences for others, not to teach them and, and help them learn things, create experiences. Well, and that's, I think, a great place to kind of leave off on this episode because it does a number of things. One, it recognizes people as social storytellers. But two, it recognizes that decision-making is not analytical, it's not data-driven, it's emotion-driven. So by impacting people's emotions and feelings through these things that we've talked about, we are actually able to impact our decision-making. And I know there are business leaders out there, people in corporations, people trying to run their, their own business and make money, but where we are, where we're going with this is the fact that it's not data-driven and it's not analytical and it is emotional, but by doing it, by bringing people to that next level, by giving them a way to invest in the organization emotionally or in a community emotionally, they're going to make decisions that will end up with a higher ROI where your return on investment will actually be improved just by doing these things. Like there are major benefits from understanding people as social storytellers, not only on the bottom line, even though people are not driven by money, they're really driven by social motivators, but that return on investment not only includes your bottom line, it also includes employee retention. And guess what? People have friends. So the employees you retain will tell their friends, and guess what? You may have a bigger pool of people to draw from in recruitment. I mean, there's so much that can come out of this idea of the hero's journey and using storytelling and engaging with people emotionally that can lead to something better. So it really is a cool conversation we just got to have with Brian. And Brian, thank you so much for continuing to talk after that last episode because it really let us, let us go down this path. And I think it's kind of a cool place that we were able to go besides your book and besides what you do as a CEO, but really down this kind of like broader topic that can help a lot of other people. So really thank you for, for bringing that up and thank you for coming back onto the Crucial Talks podcast to talk about it. My pleasure, Mike. Thank you so much for what you do. All right, everybody. So, hey, if you enjoyed that, that discussion with Brian Cunningham, if you could do me a quick favor, 
and go to any of the podcast sites that you're using listening to this. Click on the subscribe button. Click on the five-star rating. It really helps. And if you need anything from me, reach out to me at www.crucialtalks.com and feel free to connect with me via email, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, whatever way you feel most comfortable. Have a great week. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people. Please review, share, and subscribe to the Crucial Talks podcast. Visit crucialtalks.com.